the use of AI is key in the creation of metadata. And the metadata is key to enable the clients to find what they are looking for. Welcome to Veritone's Adventures in AI, a worldwide podcast that dives into the many ways technology and artificial intelligence is shaping our future for the better. I'm your host, Megan Minchev, and on today's episode, we will be discussing next generation asset management and how artificial intelligence helps enterprises activate their media. Joining us is Billy Gill, Product Marketing Manager for Veritone's Commercial SaaS Solutions, Gunnar Didio, CEO of Progress, and David Candler, Senior Director of Customer Solutions at Veritone. Veritone disclaims any responsibility for any statement of guests in the podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the interviewee and do not necessarily reflect the views of their tone or its directors, officers, or employees. Billy Gill will kick this off by answering questions like, why do I need AI-enabled asset management? What good will it do? And what can AI bring to the table? Let's have a listen. Why do I need AI-enabled asset management? What good does asset management do me? And what can AI bring to the table? Now, media content, which is unstructured, is growing at a particularly high rate. Just a couple of quick facts. Two and a half quintillion bytes of data is created every day. 90% of the world's data was generated in just the past two years alone. 500 hours of video content are uploaded to YouTube every minute, and there are more than 2.5 trillion PDFs in the world and growing. So you can see that the rate of content growth isn't slowing down anytime soon. And that's why organizations across industries are increasingly adopting digital asset management solutions. So DAMs streamline asset management by creating a centralized management system for digital assets. And the benefits of this are myriad, you know, assets can easily be lost when your assets just live freely on the cloud and anyone can access them. That means anyone can move them or delete them. You can reduce asset requests. So your creative department, let's say, may be fielding the same requests for logos or videos over and over again. And this way, anyone can find them easily and get back to business. It also speeds your time to market. When teams can find the assets they need, when they need them, they can create more and better campaigns, increase productivity, and ultimately increase revenue. When employees can't find the assets they need, they may spend time or even money creating and buying new assets. In fact, a recent survey by Nuxio of sales, marketing, and creative professionals showed 75% of respondents spent time recreating something they knew existed but just couldn't find. A dam helps you take inventory of what assets you currently have so you can reuse and alter rather than wasting time and money on new ones. And dams help a remote and dispersed workforce collaborate, which pretty much speaks to everyone now over the past few years especially, gives them the ability to quickly find and share content and monetize if needed. So to that last point, we'll talk with Gunnar later about his particularly interesting use case that can apply to organizations of all kinds when it comes to doing business across locations and languages. So no matter what assets your organization is producing, AI is really the key to managing it all and unlocking all of that great data, whether it's audio files from streams and broadcasts and podcasts to sales calls or high-res images and video you really can't get the visibility and insights that you need without AI. AI helps you get the most out of your content by automating processes and generating insights. 
So some of these top areas that you probably aren't generating enough insights are, are audio, images, video files, basically anything unstructured that isn't text-based. Without AI, you can't search through visual and audio files alongside your text-based files and find everything you need. You'll also need to manually create metadata and tag it to each piece of content. AI engines are trained to automatically recognize faces and logos and objects, while transcription and translation can make your audio files easily discoverable, regardless of your language or location. And on top of that, AI engines can be trained to recognize the faces and images or other criteria that's specific to your industry and your organization. So say your executive team, what have you, you can train your engines to recognize those people. And automated tagging speeds up identification, segmentation, and retrieval of your digital assets, as well as helps with compliance assessment of your assets. And AI helps you discover all the great content that's stored in your archive. Later, we'll hear about a pretty well-known organization who was able to unearth some extraordinary moments in its archive that they didn't even know they were sitting on. So with that out of the way, I'd like to introduce to you Gunnar Didio. And a little bit about Gunnar, he grew up on the eastern side of the Berlin Wall before founding his first film production company, LuxFilm, in 1995. In 2019, he took over Progress, one of Europe's largest archives, which contains, among other things, the entire film heritage of the German Democratic Republic, with thousands of previously unseen treasures from life east of the Iron Curtain. Progress digitizes film and photo collections from all over the world and, with the help of human and artificial intelligence, makes them accessible to the worldwide community of filmmakers through the platform www.progress.film. And if there are any historians or film buffs out there watching, I highly recommend checking out some of the stuff they have on there. So, Gunnar, I just wanted to start by asking if you could walk me through how and why Progress was founded and just some of that. The former life of Progress was being a film distributor in East Germany, so in the former Soviet occupation zone. And since was, this was communist times, there was only one film distributor, a monopoly film distributor, in order to distribute all new films to get out the old the narratives out of the brains and substitute that with a new utopia of everybody's equal and life of peace, etc. And then, as we know, nearly 40 years later, in 1989, the wall which surrounded this country collapsed, and this was the end of this land, this monopoly of the well-being of one of the biggest European film distributors. And then Progress had to look for a new sense of being, and that was helping to digitize, monetize, bringing order into the audiovisual heritage of this country, East Germany. Some years later, in 2019, I had the honor to take the management of this company. And we went one step further in this process using new modern forms of digitization and of creating metadata, of creating a platform to make this content and a lot of other contents we, in the meantime, acquired available to the worldwide communities of filmmakers, broadcasters, streaming platforms, museums, publishers, etc. And this is the moment a bit later where we met Tritone. Since 
Today, we have 24,000 assets to be managed and their metadata, static metadata and dynamic metadata, like about the whole asset and dynamic metadata, as we call it, like time code based metadata on the content. Our clients coming from all over the world and they are looking for to license archive material to, to produce new films out of what we provide them. So the archive is a fundamental source of raw material for the whole section of historical films, historical series. There's an enormous tight and need for these contents on all public and private broadcasters and all platforms. The problem which is there with the archive is that most of the existing archive in the 20th century is not yet digitized. And it's not enough to digitize it. You need to create metadata. The creation of the metadata is the real costly affair. And this became only possible in, the, in a combination of artificial intelligence and human intelligence. And this needs to be handled and this needs to be financed. So the way we approach this challenge is that we go to these archives with their treasures worldwide and we propose to upfront invest into the digitization and creation of metadata bring this content to the worldwide market and have a revenue share which recoups our upfront investment into the digitization and creation of metadata. So in a way, we serve to be in the middle that we enable this digitization in, in process and creation of metadata process for these archives, we let them be the still the, the owner of these assets we create. And on the other hand, we serve the worldwide community of producers, podcasters, streaming platforms, museums, publishers, etc., who need desperately this content from the 20th century. There is so much out there that challenges how to scale that in the age of platform, since in order to win this bet we do, we need to grow and we need to grow with scalable processes and with a scalable platform, not only able to handle all the incoming material, but also able to handle the artificial intelligence to create the metadata and able to handle the process of research and the sales process and delivery process to the client. And we were very happy to meet Veritone and the opportunities we found there since it was possible for us to treat these masses of files of assets and metadata we continue to acquire and find together with Veritone methods of making our work scalable. So finding, for instance, procedures and workflows which enable us to make an automated delivery, like if you want, so shopping experience, which people know from their private life of buying shoes, books, or whatsoever, which is, we think, their expectation. So we want them to deliver a comparable 
shopping experience, if you want so, in their way of, of a B2B business to find what they're looking for and to be able to license it and to be able to deliver this to these clients, which is a challenge since K-film extracts are huge files. It would be too expensive to store them in a cloud and to use known ways of delivery. So we had to invent quite a lot of new workflows and to combine different systems and all that was done very smoothly in this collaboration with Veritone. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some of the benefits that you see from the solution. It sounds like you're able to deliver your end customer's marketplace, which is something that they're looking for and that they're used to using on other platforms. From a kind of internal perspective, how has this new AI-enabled DAM solution helped you scale your business and set yourself up to continue growing your business? So there are several layers. One layer, which seems to be very simple, but which was a complicated issue to solve, was we had before a manual process of delivery. Since these are huge files, and this is a really complex way to deliver a licensed piece of film to the client. This was manual work. Somebody sitting there, putting files from left to right. And we were able to automate that so that this is, of course, much more cost-effective and we could shift this workforce into the creation of metadata, which is much more important for us. The second point is the use of AI is key in the creation of metadata. And the metadata is key to enable the clients to find what they are looking for. But the AI develops very fast. So what works this year good, we know already that next year there will be a new generation. So there's an ongoing process of using AI. And so for us, it was crucial to find a partner who is really AI-centered, whose basic basis of thinking is AI, since this makes the difference for us on the market. Only if a client finds what he's looking for, he will license it. To create this only manually with human intelligence is impossible. It's too much data. So this was important. And then it was important to us um, to be able to reach out in all different language areas. So it's not enough to create this metadata in one language. It needs to be translated in other languages. And this is another use of the AI, uh, and this is another way to scale. Well, thank you very much, Gunnar. So I just wanted to turn it over then to David Candler, Senior Director of Customer Solutions for Veritone, to explain a little bit more about how this digital media hub works from a more technical perspective. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Gunnar. Yeah, I'm David Candler, Senior Director of Customer Solutions at Veritone. So basically, DMH, Digital Media Hub, as we call it, is an an AI-powered cloud-native asset management platform. The key differentiator here is, I mean, everything we do at Veritone is really boiled down to two simple things. We create efficiencies in workflows by using the power of AI, and we help content rights owners and rights holders to monetize their content. 
So in North America, we have our own content licensing business and we represent major news and sports archives all over the world. But we also provide the tools for people like Gunner and Progress to actually monetize their own content using our tools. So really, AI, I mean, Billy, you talked about some statistics earlier on. I think the one that I like the best, the simplest one is 90% of all data has been created in the last two years. So really, AI is is not just a nice to have, it's a fundamental going forward. There is too much data for human beings to process manually now. And in the case of progress right now, we're looking at 23, 24,000 films in an archive. And it's not just the films as a whole, it's, it's the moments in the films sometimes because you know, Gunnar and the team will also license, you know, full assets, but also moments from assets. And that's the key thing is to expose these moments. So if you can't see it, you can't find it, you can't do anything with it. So basically, Digital Media Hub, it's architected, you know, hosted in in AWS, using some key web services for the workflow. And then it's plugged into AIware. Now, AIware is Veritone's operating system for AI. Unlike other companies, you know, we're not just plugging into one or two engines. We've actually built an entire operating system, which has an adapter layer, an ingest layer, a cognitive layer, which has up to 20 cognitive categories of AI. And then when you process your media through this, and your media being could be live content, but it also, in this case, it's closed file content, images, videos, stills, et cetera, et cetera, audio files. Once you process that across multiple cognitive engines, whether that's facial recognition or speech to text, transcription or logo recognition, whatever it is, all of that data ends up in an intelligent data lake that we've built. Now, the consumption then of that data, you could be a company that already has a system and you'll use that data within your system. So you'll you'll use our APIs to take the data into your third-party MAM or whatever it is. But we've also built a number of applications. Now, we, we span multiple industries from energy to government to legal, media and entertainment. And in this case, the application we're looking at is Digital Media Hub. So as I said, I've probably done this the wrong way around, but here we are, the adapter layer, the cognitive engines, the intelligent data lake, and the API or the industry applications. So there you have it. You have the audio, you have video, you have images, and you have text. And there's the breadth of the categories we have. We have hundreds and hundreds of engines under AIware. Over the years, I think we've probably gone through thousands of engines. But if the reason we're generally around about three or 400 is because really, the, like Gunnar said, the expansion of AI, the speed of the development means that you've got something akin to a football league. You know, today there might be one engine provider out there that's top of the league. But in three months to six months' time, you know, someone might have taken over or there'll be some new technology. And the benefit of having an operating system is you've engineered once into this ecosystem of engines, and you can very quickly switch and upgrade the engines that you're using for the benefit of your business. So that's really the power of the AI, really sets us aside. And in licensing terms, for us, with customers like CBS and Progress and people like that, CNN, Bloomberg, there's so much data coming into the platforms that to enable you to monetize, you have to find it first. You have to make it as durable as possible. And that's what AI really does. So just moving on to progress itself. Now, 
Gunnar, I'm going to bring you back in here. There's a nice picture of you with your film archive, pre-digitization there. So we're really at the end of this process where content has been digitized. Now, the problem that we saw when we first started talking was progress needed to find a technology partner who would help them fulfill a wide range of short and long-term aspirations, all focused on not only monetizing, but preserving you know, very, very valuable historic archives. So using our AI-powered DAM solution, Digital Media Hub, we're about to relaunch their global footage marketplace, and we're very excited about that. So we started, like all good projects, we started with a scoping exercise where we sat down together over you know, many days, many hours, just saying, you know, what is it that needs to happen within this solution set to you to you know, realize your requirements and aspirations? And we did some detailed documentation. And really, it was about a number of key platform developments that we identified which would allow for a a range of future preservation and monetization opportunities. But these developments, really, they benefit progress, but they also benefit a number of our other customers as well as we go forward. So the key platform developments, and Gunnar, you started talking about this, obviously, multi-language user interface to start with. You can use Google Translate, but it's not the most accurate of technologies. And really, for progress, this was not the standard that they required. So they've got buyers and sellers globally, all over the world, you know, across Europe and the Arabic states, all over the place. So what we did is we basically provided a translation table of every single UI asset in Digital Media Hub. And then Gunnar's team basically provided us with the translations. And we've started, obviously, with German and English. We're moving on to Arabic next, and then Latin languages to follow. So when we get that translation back we can make sure that 100% QC translation of the UI is in place for their customers. And then, of course, there's the all-important metadata, whether that is asset-level metadata or timeline metadata. And in that case, Gunnar and the team have done some extensive work in the past for some of their assets in some of the languages. But of course, as you expand globally, you need to fill the gaps. So if you don't have Arabic metadata, what we can do is we can take the English or the source metadata and translate that using our AI translation engines and then fulfill. So it's almost like having a a table of languages that you do have and languages that you don't. And AI can help you fill those gaps by doing automated translation. Just pausing on that bullet point, Gunnar, do you have anything to add to that first point? It is exactly what you are saying. It's about the UI in to reach out to the different markets where the buyer needs to feel at home. He needs to have the same experience he would expect in private life. And that is the same for the metadata. And for both, it's important because we not only sell the metadata and the films, we also sell trust. People need to to trust what they are buying because they use that in films. So they need to trust that this is historically right, what is there. So that's why they would re- our clients would react very sensitive on bad translation because immediately they would shy away because they would think if there is a bad translation, it might be a bad content. And that's why these, these precise translation, which are precise in an eye of an historian for the UI and for the metadata is important for us. Excellent. Thanks, Gunnar. 
And just moving on to non-standard user payment methods, I should explain what non-standard is. It's our standard was basically either UK pound or US dollars, which was predominantly our business. But now as we expand internationally, we have to pick up different tax situations across Europe, different currencies, et cetera, et cetera. So basically in the digital media hub platform, when you basically add the e-commerce model, it allows, allows the users to basically search the library, put assets or subclips of assets into a shopping basket, and then basically go through a checkout series where you view a license agreement, you know, you agree on the price, there's a set price, and then there's some offline pricing that happens. And then you check out and it's fully integrated with things like Stripe for payments and stuff like that. And then there's all the sales reporting. So it's really an end-to-end full kit for monetizing your content. But of course, as we move into Germany, you've got different VAT regulations and pricing, et cetera. And then of course, Progress run their own pricing on their media, which we're able to populate within our database there. So we did a lot of work. And then going forward, We'll do much more work on actually translating invoices and all of that kind of stuff into different languages. But I think that, that was that's really enhanced our service and certainly has given Gunnar and the team the basic tools they need to sell. And then, of course, we need to migrate the existing users. David, just to remember for the non-standard that not to forget that there are clients like the BBC will never take out a credit card to pay. They need an invoice. So we need to create a workflow where we can say this client can buy and we deliver immediately, but we trust that they will pay their invoices. And this is like Stripe and all this kind of is very modern. But when it comes to the old fashioned invoice, modern systems, sometimes they fade out and we found a way here as well. Yes, absolutely. Yes, part of our opening exercise is to, to cover the multiple ways that you actually do transact with your customers. And there are more to come, as we've discussed in the future, certain subscription models and stuff like that that will come against. But it's it has really expanded our platform as well. So thanks for that. But yes, you're in business right now. You have buying customers of your content. So we now have to migrate all of those users seamlessly. There can't be any kind of downtime. So this is something we've worked on. And it's not only you know, the user information, it's about the access that they've had to your existing archives, so on. So we're working on that right now. And then one coming up, which is a, an interesting one, and, and Gunnar, you can probably talk about this, the multi-keyframe display. You've got AI to look at moments to find through speech to text or facial recognition. You can get to a moment in a piece of content, but sometimes our customers can tell us a lot more about how their archivists search for content on the platform. And and this use case was to actually take every single keyframe in a video and then display it in five second chunks or 10 second chunks, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a nice visual display of the video. So you have a visual representation of moments in in the content. Gunnar, why was that so important? Or why is that so important in the future for your archivists? Because sometimes if you produce a film, or very often if you produce a film, you are looking for a visual, and it's very hard to describe what you are actually looking for, but you know it when you see it. But if you are an archive researcher, we all do have limited time. So they do not have the time to watch through all the videos, even if they make it fast forward. 
So in order to be very fast and efficient, looking through a lot of films in very short time, seeing the keyframe from every 10 seconds, for instance, gives them an overview about a whole film in a couple of minutes because the human eye is able to grasp that very fast. And then to pick a certain frame and to say, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, Veritone Digital Media Hub is a cloud-based, it's hosted in the cloud, and our standard storage is cloud object storage. So we integrate with the likes of AWS and IBM and Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera. But in this case, in certain cases, when you've got a very large volume of content and it's in 4K and beyond, sometimes the economics of the cloud still don't make sense to some people. Sometimes there's a hybrid solution and sometimes the customer will already have a solution that they're still using. So, I mean, in this case, Gunner's team uses EditShare as their local man, and then that backs onto spinning disk and LTO, et cetera, et cetera, for their main archives. So we've worked with Gunner and EditShare for a full integration here. So what it means is that basically the workflow is that the master content resides in EditShare and we get sent a proxy of an MP4 H.264 proxy of the master content. And that references back to the master content in EditShare. But what it enables you to do on the marketplace is to view the content with all of the AI, all of the searchability, et cetera, plus mark an endpoint, mark an endpoint. And when you go through the sales process and it comes to the fulfillment point, then a trigger is sent back to EditShare to retrieve the master content, whether it's in 4K or whatever, it retrieves the whole asset or the portion of the asset up into the cloud. And in this case, it's Amazon S3, where the customer can then fulfill or accelerated, using accelerated download, can actually fulfill the content. And then the master content is deleted after a while from the work in progress S3 bucket. So we've built this integration to basically allow progress to keep their 4k masters on premise in their platform but actually view it preview it collaborate with it and then ultimately buy it and then fulfill that master asset through one single user interface which is digital media hub i mean i guess gunner this is a bit of a game changer for you in terms of using your workflows yeah absolutely because this was done manually until now and in a digital age <laughs> this does not make sense to fulfill manually the delivery of digital assets. And it is costly since you need a specialist doing that. And this is indeed a game changer because on this way we can put our resources onto things which really matter, which is for us the digitization and especially the creation of metadata. Yeah. And then finally, Digital Media Hub, like all you know, good platforms, has a robust set of APIs. And what that allows you to do, I mean, Digital Media Hub has a configurable UI. So you can brand it with your own backgrounds and your own logos and your fonts and accent colors and all of that kind of stuff. But some customers would like to have a secondary or like to design their own UI. So that's when they use the API. Some good use cases for us are the likes of Bloomberg Mercury, and charlierose.com, where they've got design agencies who have built a user interface, but they use our APIs to use all of our key functionality, like our search, our video player, our upload and download, our metadata index, search index, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I think going forward in the future, we'll have the marketplace that will open up. That's using the digital media hub user interface. But Gunnar, you've got some exciting ideas for the future where you might be taking the API to access the same content for different business ventures. Yeah, because basically what we realize is that we do a B2B offer where professional clients are there to license from the archives we offer them. But we realize there are thousands and thousands of people knocking on our door, which are which are private people. They're just interested. They're students, professors, people making family research, a lot of different reasons brings them to us, they find us, and they want just to, to make research in our huge archive. And, and on the beginning, we said, yeah, thank you, but really, we, we, don't, we don't have the egress for you. We don't have the time. This is not made for you. But since it was more and more, we said, okay, we need to create a different way of access to this huge content we have because these people, they are willing and able to pay for this access. So why don't use this other way of monetization to create another stream of income, which we can reinvest in digitization and creation of metadata of a new archive. So this is the new access we are now building together with Tone a new surface, completely different way of looking at the same content, a different way of monetization, where we, let's say, just react on what the market asks us. That's brilliant. Okay, so, well, thank you very much, Gunnar. We're so excited to work with you and launch your new platform in the near future. And I've just got a couple of other use cases that I just want to talk through. A couple of other of our customers, this is another European customer, Inter Milan. So basically, this is a different use case where Inter Milan, well, again, had their own asset management platform. But in this case, they wanted to use our AI. So we talked earlier on about the AIware operating system for artificial intelligence. So what we've done here is, is we've plugged AI into their third-party system, which in this case is a, a media asset management platform called Evolfin. And what actually happens is as media is ingested into the Evolfin Zoom MAM, basically a proxy of the asset is created, and that is sent to Veriton AIware automatically in the workflow with a manifest. And that manifest is information containing which cognitive engines that we wanted to process the media against. And in the case of Inter Milan, we're looking at facial recognition. We're looking at transcription, i.e. listening to the commentary. In this case, some of it, I think most of it is in Italian. And then logo recognition, brand recognition, because obviously sport is, is all about rights and sponsorship, of course. So, so finding those moments is important. So basically, again, with sports, fan demand is, is huge. Inter Milan produces massive amounts of video and audio content. So they need to not only manage this, but have the ability to, to easily find it, distribute and monetize it. So they've got their man and the AIware cognitive services really gives them that discoverability so they can have that quick find and quick turnaround because sport is all about the moment, you know. So, so basically, what we've got really is we've processed over 300 terabytes of content, over a thousand hours of video, as a result of the partnership, and we've made near on 65 to 70 million detections using our AI there. 
So really, that's a very slick use case of where AI is not just built for Veritone applications. AI can stand alone. And where we talked about that consumption level at the top of the technical stack, this is using our robust API to give third parties the ability to access and use our AI in their own systems. So that's into Milan. And then another great use case, I mean, check out the website. The, the customer made a really great video use case study, and they can talk in a lot more detail about what they did. But the San Francisco Giants, they have a 60-year-old archive, and it is aging. And Gunnar, you'll know this, obviously, when some physical tapes and film stock, it does age and it eventually disappears, decays and disappears. So it's really important to move on, you know, digitization to really preserve these archives. But as you look at archive projects, video without any metadata or without any reference is very hard to surface, even if you have digitized it. So basically, we've used AI to allow the giants to basically automatically tag key moments in the sport. But this would have been a manual approach, and this would have been years and years and years. And that really reminds me of one of the fundamental messages that we make, and it's, it's actually the Veritone loop theory. So if you have to do manual processes, i.e., listen, go find me all of the Giants logos in this archive, you're talking about decades of work, and that would be having a person in the loop, you know, a very manual process. Um, Going completely out of the loop is where AI has taken over the human process. And for many customers, that's not going to be potentially in our lifetime. What we're focused on is actually empowering our customers to sit on the loop. So if I ask the same question, go find me all of the San Francisco logos in the archive, AI could do that in a matter of days by using logo recognition. And what that's doing is it's empowering the operator not to get into the loop, but get on the loop and take that really important data and do something with it. And I think in the progress use case, it's putting their customers on the loop. They've now got the power to use that AI to discover the content and then use it in a downstream use case. So in this case, we used AIware and Digital Media Hub for the San Francisco Giants, and it enables us to run multiple cognitive entities across their content as it is ingested into Digital Media Hub, and it opens up new monetization opportunities for the Giants. Again, this is accomplished in days instead of months. And it's done, I, you know, I, I do hate to say, but yes, they didn't have to hire 15 people. Those 15 people didn't exist, but the, the mass actually works out. They would have had to have hired 15 additional staff members just to log the content to make use of it in the manner that they would like. So another happy customer there. We hope you enjoyed today's episode talking all about asset management and how AI helps organizations activate their media. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and share this podcast. This has been another episode of Veritone's Adventures in AI, a worldwide podcast that dives into the many ways technology and artificial intelligence is shaping our future for the better. Talk with you next time. Yes.